0: It's Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! Enrico Palazzo! How about that? You should have been pulled Baseball, bad It's episode 31. Today, your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael dovier take a look at some breakouts. Are they real or not? They also go through some trade scenarios. Oh, would you or would you not? Plus, real big fish in a small pond. All that and more on today's Puzzle Podcast. Take For long time, long time, Hey, welcome to the Plaza Podcast. If you're watching live on Twitter or Periscope, thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you. My name is Michael Gauvier. This is the 31st episode of our baseball show can you believe it 31 episodes dearie how did we get here uh lots of hard work and patience oh i like that a dedication a focus we didn't quit we did not quit we definitely did not quit that's why i'm proud of us we gave everything we had and i have no regrets so we're really excited to be doing this show today because there's a lot going on there's tons of baseball action don't forget you can find us Palazzo podcast two l's two z's On Twitter and Instagram and you can follow us when we do the show live and as far as baseball quickies uh, I want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that we have totally shit the bed on that and we could do better our schedules are very busy and sometimes you try to push yourself to the limit and you don't get there and that happens that's okay you have to acknowledge that but we're going to try to keep doing them We're, we're trying to give you like a quick 10 minutes or less like not even 20 minutes just like 10 minutes or less real quick get in get out and hopefully we can try to keep that going so our intent is to try to still do that we're just trying to get on the same page schedule wise uh dearie what's going on in your world what's the latest man today's an anniversary of sorts uh oh god do you know what happened 26 years ago today yeah i sure do it's depressing yeah. okay let's not talk about it then <laughs> well no it's a bummer august twelfth, nineteen 1994 the season officially ended yeah and the montreal expos were Wiped away from history, essentially. Yeah,
1: it was very sad. You know, it's weird. I don't remember like that day. Like, what was I doing that day? Was I like cent- centered around the TV on ESPN, waiting for the live announcement of this happening? Obviously, there's no Twitter, there's no social media back then. Uh, I wonder what I, if I can get in a time capsule. I'd like to go back, get in my time machine, find out what I was doing on August 12th, <laughs> 1994.
0: <laughs> time machine, yeah, was, August 12th. Uh,
1: I was probably like playing basketball in my front yard on like roller skates with a bunch of friends or something.
0: Basketball on roller skates?
1: Well, on roller blades, we used to play this game. Uh, we normally play it in the winter because you could play it with snow. We'd play tackle basketball with roller blades on. So at any point, you could just tackle somebody. <laughs> if they wow. had the ball, we'd play two on two. It was rough.
0: That is badass. We used to play a game called Slaughterball in like seventh grade where you played with a s- soccer ball. And the two goals were pine trees, so but you had to hit the 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 stump, the what is it called the thing that holds up the tree <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah the, the stump, the root. <laughs> yeah, the root, the main you had to throw the ball the at it, and this is a pine tree. pine trees on the needles like go all the way down to the ground almost. It's a very low clearance, and you had to throw the ball, the soccer ball, and hit it to score a point. And meanwhile, it's like full-on tackle, violent. So it was a very strange game. Hell, even Travis played that. Imagine Travis <laughs> playing anything. He was really into
1: it. Man, not into sports, or right? I imagine doesn't have very much athletic ability playing a, a game like what did you call it? Slaughterball.
0: Slaughterball. That's Great. right. Great. Well, he used to. Travis used to play basketball with us. And he oh. would play intense defense, like super ah, intense. Like psycho D, like the guy who's way too intense at like the Y pickup games, you know. <laughs> but he couldn't do anything else. But he did play intense <laughs> defense. So he deserves credit for that. I know a lot of those guys. Oh, I sure do. Uh, okay, so this is the Plaza Podcast, who else two Zs, Plazo Podcast, prototymail.com. Let's take a look at what's happening by leading off. So Deary, the Cardinals are how many games do they miss now? 13 games. They haven't played since July 29th. They've played it's five, now, they've played five games. Five games total. <laughs> yes. There's no way they can make up. I mean, they're more behind than the Marlins were now, right? I I oh absolutely. The Marlins missed what five games, maybe six games,
1: and they've played what? I I think maybe nine or ten now. So they they were they, they probably missed you know six, maybe seven games total. And Cardinals, yeah, they played five games. I have no idea how they make this up. I don't think they can. Um, and I think at this point we're going to go winning percentage at the end of the season. I mean, so I haven't I mean, I looked in the schedule. I don't. I, I didn't look to see who they missed out on. I didn't know they were supposed to re- replay the Tigers on Thursday for a doubleheader, which would have been tomorrow. That's not happening now. Nope. So, I mean, when are they going to make these up? They can't just continue to do doubleheaders the rest of the year, play these like six-game series
0: against teams and – play six games in three, four days. That's just too insane. No, sir. The thing is, too, what about how these Cardinals fantasy players that are just rotting on your bench? Do you ha- Who do you have uh, around on your teams that's just wasting away, or have you dropped them? Nobody. I've been really, really lucky. Um, Paul Goldschmidt was one of the highest Cardinals I could think of to draft, right? Maybe the highest, if I'm thinking. Off the top of my head. Yeah, Goldschmidt and, I, I, yeah, Gold- and Flaherty. Oh, Flaherty, right, yes, right. So I uh, I didn't believe in Flaherty, so I just lucked out by not believing in him, but that's the only reason. And now he's been pissing away. Nobody's been able to trade him. I, I mean, maybe you have. Maybe you've been lucky to trade him, but highly unlikely. I feel bad for you if you own Flaherty or Goldie. Uh, Lesser-known players like Matt Carpenter, you know, you could drop them, man. You don't have time to be just holding on to them, wasting a roster spot, in my opinion. Yeah, I, d- I mean...
1: You would think that maybe yesterday or the day before, if you had Flaherty in a redraft league, you were trying to trade him. And at that point, like shit, is anybody gonna? Is anybody gonna? You know, give anything up to get Flaherty? I mean, I think he's probably one that you do hold on to because he's going to have some value once they do come back. But some of these other guys, yeah, you talked about, you know, Carpenter, maybe Paul DeYoung, you know, a couple other guys. There's other guys out there that can fill those spots no problem. You're just wasting an IL spot right now with those guys. Yeah, but I I was really lucky. I didn't have any Cardinals. I didn't have any Marlins. Uh, Obviously, I only played three leagues, not 40 leagues like yourself.
0: And Hey, by the way, though, me and Deary are one and two in Marty Tallman's uh, in the Motor City Bengals guys Roto League. So we deserve credit for that.
1: We're doing great. I haven't made that many moves either. Uh, No, neither. I mean, drafted a decent team.
0: Yeah, but I just want to give a shout-out to Plaza Podcast representing in that league. That's a real league. It's only $25 buy-in, but it was still a competitive league with other industry analysts, so we deserve credit for that. But I also deserve to be chastised for being in too many leagues and (laughs) pushing myself too thin. I'd set them every day. I really try. You know, there's... Five, six, nine, ten leagues—it's tough. And if they were best balls, it'd be a lot easier. But they're not. Of so. course,
1: yeah, yeah. So moving forward for the Cardinals, they apparently had two negative tests in a row for a bunch of their players today. Uh, so hey. when are they?
0: When are they back on the field? I don't know. <laughs> I also, I just basically don't care anymore. I'm like, hey, screw don't those play. guys. Yeah. They they jeopardize themselves. They got COVID, and it's been so bad that it's absolutely decimated their season. And it's going to be a bummer when, like, a team like the Tigers wins a fair amount of games, but their win percentage doesn't equal a team like the Cardinals, who play 10 less games and they make the playoffs and the Tigers don't. It'll suck. Yeah. I
1: really hope that the Cardinals don't factor into any playoff chase at all if they, you know, are six, seven games less than everybody else. I, I just hope that they're not even in the race, which most likely they will be considering, oh. considering well, half the league makes the playoffs.
0: So <laughs> that's true. It. Well, the, uh, A's and Astros had a little showdown on Sunday. Ramon Laureano had to look like a badass versus Alex and Trone. You know, the trade off there is pretty weak. You got a bench coach versus one of your better players on the field. That was not a wise move on Laureano's part, but he only got six games. And I say only six because I, I was expecting more. So this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, I thought we were going to see about, you know, seven to 10 games. Then maybe it appeal gets it down to six, which uh, I don't know if he's going to appeal. Is he going to be able to get it down to maybe four?
0: uh i don't think so i I wouldn't be surprised to see it. just take it maybe he'll go down to five but i don't see it being reduced more than one game because they had to set a t- standard on this and i know he's an important player and the a's are a great team but uh mlb was i was expecting to get like 10 games for him but hey what do i yeah. know? do, do you know what was said it? by cintron no do you i have no idea <laughs> Yeah, this is really something to... about his
1: mama. This is a mama joke. You know, oh, yeah, he just joke. Take it. we haven't seen yeah. anybody just dart off the field like that in a long time to head for a bench. Those are always fun, man. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're running into the jungle if you're there by yourself going towards a whole bench of players. Yeah.
0: And he'd been hit three times over the weekend. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot for one guy to be hit. And the Blue Jays. How about those Buffalo Blue Jays? Woo! That playing Sail and Field. It looks pretty bland. It's also just an ugly minor league park because if you look to the outfield, this has all this metal sticking up. A lot of metal. Just metal. Yeah, I don't even know what it's for. It's a very busy outfield. There's nobody who, You can't sit in the outfield because it's just a bunch of shit out there. So, Anyways, Blue Jays started off right. They got a win in their first game at home. Quotation marks. At Sail Field. Congratulations. Travis Shaw walked it off and they beat the Marlins. So it took how long for them to play a home game? It was about two and a half weeks. Yeah, 15, 15
1: 16 games. Yeah. Before, like, I think
0: they're like 7-11 and 11 maybe. Yeah, I, I thought their record would be better. They were playing well, and I guess they, they kind of slipped up a little out. bit. Yeah, yeah I love their offense. Uh, Vladdy's doing nothing. That's a real problem for them. It's basically Teoscar Hernandez carried them for a bit, and Bobachet's <laughs> coming up now, and... Kevin is playing okay. He's not playing outstanding, but yeah, Vladdy's playing he's really bad.
1: Yeah, Vladdy really has you know, two years ago, that's all we're hearing about was Vladdy's the future. Vladdy's the first future, number one prospect. Uh it looks like Tatis Jr. is that guy that's taken that
0: mantle right so far. Yeah, between Robert, Tatis Jr., Wander Franco, and Vladdy Jr., I think Vladdy's the last of all those guys now. Yeah,
1: I mean Wander we haven't seen yet the majors, but uh Robert's a star already, man. God, just watching that that those last three games against the Tigers. That guy's a superstar, man. He really is. I love the way he moves in the outfield. He looks like Bo Jackson the way he runs because he's so big, too. And uh yeah, that power just puts it out of the park, no problem. Uh he's he's a real,
0: real star. He is a superstar. He's a shining star, no matter who you are. I remember that uh in the '90s, that pure funk mix came out. I think Dave had it. It was a big time <laughs> CD in like 1997. Pure of course, funk. Dave. Had it. Dave had the dumbest CDs ever. He had like um, the Scorpions, Pure Funk, uh, Ted Nugent,
1: <laughs> Huey Led Lewis. The news.
0: No, he didn't have Huey Lewis.
1: He should have though. That would have been great. I went golfing with him last summer. He's like, uh, "Hey man," he's like, "Can we listen to some Huey's greatest hits?" He's like <laughs> he's like it's the only CD I have in my car so I I fried it up on my Spotify I and mean, we played like nine holes straight where we just listened to Huey. <laughs> it was hilarious. Wow. Dave was singing it, he was all into it, man.
0: <laughs> uh as far as the injury front goes, um uh, bad news for CJ Cron. really really having a nice season, swinging a good bat. Even though they got bogarted by the Cardinals, they had to miss that series. So if you look at the numbers for the amount of games they played, he's been playing really well. He's been hitting home runs. He's been a great fourth hitter for them. And now that he's out, he has a sprained knee, and you don't know how long it'll be. I didn't get the official ligament it was either. Do you know? I'm not sure he said he's going
1: to have to have surgery, but he's going to hold off to the offseason. Uh, I'm mm. not sure he's going to be back the, the, this season. And if he, Even if he does, he's going to be able to come back and play first base for them. I don't think so, and I don't see them putting Cabrero over at first base, so I don't think Crone is going to come back and get the DH spot, so I'm not sure we're going to see C.J. Crone again this year, which is too bad.
0: It is too bad because Miggy needed him, and now that he's gone, Miggy, to me, Miggy's value goes down a bit. This hurts him because... He needed Crone to support him, and mm-hmm. now it's a big drop off. I mean, Candelario, Kristen Stewart, eh, I wouldn't be so excited for those guys backing me up. No, I wouldn't. Be, an old man, I would
1: not be scared of those guys whatsoever. So yeah, he has he has no protection
0: to line up anymore. Uh, this is a
1: really really devastating injury for the Tigers. It, it's, it's huge. Not like, it's not like Crone plays the best first base, but. Uh, the fact that he can put the ball out of the park and move guys around on the bases. And if Miggy's on base, at any point, Crone could just put one over the fence and drive him in. And you're not going to get that from J Mark Candelario, Kristen Stewart, uh, any of the other bozos they got on that team.
0: Uh-huh. I mean, it's, just, it's too bad. Yeah. It's too bad because Crone was actually walking a bit more, too. So unfortunate. Uh, Ronald Acuna's wrist, he's sitting out again today. So this is two straight games. This is really freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, Acuna. I'm freaking dynasty owner i'm very concerned right now i hate seeing this i don't know how serious it is he said it happened when he slid into a base over the weekend and then he felt it when he tried to swing a bat yesterday so i hopefully it's just a little one of those things it's cranky you know cranky wrist
1: yeah hopefully just needs a couple days and it's just a little tight and maybe with a little bit of therapy he'll be back tomorrow but yeah you never know what those injuries you go and you get a uh, get it checked out and something torn in there it could be some type of uh
0: oh come on man <laughs> no I sure hope so not needed. I mean I
1: have Acuna in almost all, all of my leagues so I, and I definitely have him in my dynasty league and uh of course every day people are trying to trade trade me for him and that's not gonna happen I'm not giving him up <laughs> well, especially because he started to get it together too so you know having him and Trevor's story together is I love it
0: oh wow well here's a joke Giancarlo Stanton's on the IL. shocking news a hamstring Next thing you know, Aaron Judge is gonna get hurt. <laughs> That's no uh, breaking news there. But yeah, Clint Fraser did get called up. So I actually think Judge is sitting tonight because they found
1: something in his legs. <laughs> really? No joke. Look it up right now.
0: <laughs> oh boy! Breaking news. It's only a matter okay, so of time so with so those Glenn, guys. Clint Fraser's brought up. Is there any value there? He's gonna bat eight tonight for the Yankees. Definitely value. He can swing a mean bat. He's got oh hey, Le- Le- Leanne's here watching us. Thanks, Leanne, for watching. But girlfriend's giving us a A visit. Thank you, my girlfriend. I love you. Thanks for watching. Um, Hey, Leanne, what do you think of Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge? Do you think their injuries are flukes or not? Email the show, Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Two L's, two Z's. It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. Yeah, Aaron Judge is only a matter of time. He got off to the hot start. That might be the best part of his season. If I was an Aaron Judge (laughs) owner, I would have traded him after he hit that eighth home run on that Sunday night. Yeah. And he was just dominating. I seriously would have because you just know it's coming. It's only a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I, I offered up a few ideas to somebody who has Judge, and I was thinking about going and getting him. He's like, no way, man, no way. I'm not giving up Judge. And I'm like, dude, he's gonna get hurt eventually. Just trade him now. I'll give you like six of my decent, six of my decent players just for him. Really? Six
0: yeah. of my decent players? Okay. You know, I was trying to pull
1: a guy. I'll pull, you know, trade away a bunch of guys that you wouldn't keep. Oh, yeah, yeah. For one guy.
0: But yeah, Derek's a little too smart for that. Yeah. No, he would never. Well, he'd rarely do that. Uh, what about this? Uh, Donaldson's going to be back soon. He looks like he's getting better. I think they're being very cautious with him because the twins are all about the playoffs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense,
1: uh, which leaves me as a fan. So they're terrified because Donaldson got off to a very, very slow start. He's something that a lot of people are gearing towards getting this year because he's in a really great lineup. And this is something that he's had problems with before. His calf, his quad, his problems with his legs sometimes. And. Like you said, Twins are gearing up for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, right now they're in first place in the division in the AL Central. So I don't think they're going to rush him back. And, you know, it's kind of devastating for fantasy owners.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, How about this? How about some Diamond Kings, our stars of the week, some recent players to take note of and give thanks to? We got to do it. This is the show that has ripped Charlie Black and more than any show on the internet, Charlie Blackman's hitting five hundred. He's playing very well, and we have to we have to salute him. We have to we have to bow towards Mister Blackman and say we apologize. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry, Charlie. I did not buy it. <laughs> You're batting five hundred. 534 BABIP right now, 92% of the balls he is hitting right now is medium to hard hit rate. So he's just murdering everything he hits. And his patience is up as well. He's not swinging out of out of his shoes and swinging out of crap out of the zone. So he's just on one of those tears that you go on for, for a good month. Uh, he'll probably come back to earth, but he, I expect him to still probably bet like 380, maybe 390 if he can at least keep it up. I think I heard something. If he batted 364 the rest of the season, he'd bet
0: 400. Oh, well, that's doable. And by the way, 60 games of 400, you know, it's not bad, but don't start comparing it to Ted Williams. Get out of my face with that crap, you know? I don't want to hear it. I've heard it on every single podcast. Oh, God.
1: ESPN, ESPN, MLB Network, they keep talking about it. They talked about it on the damn Tigers pregame today. Like, fucking, uh, yeah, Jim and Double D were talking about it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. Don't bring up this Ted Williams 400 guy doing it in 60 games that's just absolutely ridiculous it's a, you can't compare the two whatsoever
0: oh god all right <laughs> uh Fernando Tatis is roasting the ball he hit a home run the other night that was just absolutely a mammoth shot 112 miles per hour 460 foot blast he's got tons of power he's not hurt again we only saw the first season of him and we're like oh is he going to be hurt all the time so if he's healthy and he's not he doesn't have the Aaron Judge or the Stanton history of constant injury. So I would be thinking probably maybe the number 2 pick next year yeah. arguably yeah. behind Mike Trout still.
1: Yeah, I mean absolutely. He's got 8 steals right now. He's also or he's got 5 steals right now to go with his 8 home runs and oh, Yeah, man. we we <laughs> the guy Yeah, the guy's a top 3 pick next year. Uh I wish I had him in in dynasty leagues. I wonder how long he's going to stick at shortstop or if they end up kind of maybe moving him over to third uh we'll we'll see about that but yeah the the future has arrived for Mr. Tatis
0: it sure has no doubt about it uh Bryce Harper's playing well the Phillies are hitting the ball when they get to play so that's good news unfortunately did you see that stupid ass play last night <laughs> that was the
1: most wild game the uh I think I heard the Phillies scored in the seventh eighth ninth and tenth innings and still lost the game
0: <laughs> yeah they were their offense was doing everything but Jane Segura Comes all the way over from the other side of the infield on a pop-up with two outs of the bases loaded. Game tied at six. Hector Nearest has given up one run, but he's going to get out of it because there's two outs. And Reese Hoskins decides to be non-assertive because Segura calls him off, stumbles <laughs> across the mound, and the ball drops right there. in two run score. What a mess. And they end up losing an in extra innings. It was so it was one of the worst defensive plays I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, really ugly. But yeah, back to Harper.
1: He's someone that we we didn't really talk about leading up to to drafts, leading up to the season. And he's no. putting together a nice season right now. I think he's kind of undervalued as he, he tends to be the last couple of years after, you know, he had that MVP season, then kind of a down season after that. But, you know, he's walking 18 percent of the time compared to 18 percent K rate. So those are even right there. Uh, he's seeing 20% percent changeups, which is a little more than what he's, what he's normally seen. So a lot of people are trying to throw him stuff that's diving down and hopefully getting him to chase. And he's not chasing it right now. So uh, another crazy statistic I looked at, his soft rate. So you got soft rate hit, soft rate, medium rate, hard hit rate. It's 3% right now for soft hit. So everything is medium and hard hit. So he's hitting everything hard, and he's been a really, really good value for a lot of people.
0: You know who's the best value, though? Bundy, Dylan Bundy. He is just pitching so well right now. He's in a groove. He's finally put it all together. He's using that slider on a first pitch, and he's giving himself an opportunity to just dominate guys because he's using all of his pitches in different pitch counts. You just never know what he's going to throw at you, and it's all great stuff. So he's finally made the changes. The Bundy renaissance the Bundy arrival even if you will his true arrival of his ultimate talent once upon a time is finally here and I would be buying in it's already too late if you didn't try to get him before it's I would I would not be trading him at all I love Bundy this year
1: I'm so proud of you Mike because you were talking about Bundy back in February You this is his chance the guy was a, a big time prospect for Baltimore couldn't seem to figure it out there and you were all in on him and I was pretty skeptical but through four starts this year he only has three walks so that's really wow. good. Aaron Nola is doing something very similar to that. But what he's been able to do when you talk about it, is this slider, this deadly slider that he has. So the one thing that he couldn't be able to harness when he was in Baltimore is those other pitches. And he's not a guy who throws very hard. His fastball is only sitting at 90 percent right now
0: uh, yeah.
1: or at, at 90 miles per hour. But he is throwing his slider so much more and his curveball a little bit more as well. And his swinging strike rate is all the way up to 15.8%. So he's been able to harness that slider. You talked about him leading guys off with a slider for the first pitch. You can throw that thing for a strike or get them to chase at something that's diving in on you. If you're a lefty or going away for you as a righty, you're really going to set yourself up for success. So Dylan Bundy, man, if you got Bundy, you probably got him pretty much later in the draft because the guy doesn't have a good track writer, record, but you are reaping the rewards right now.
0: Yeah. One draft I got screwed. It was actually TGFBI, which sucks, but I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened. I, it was like Bundy and John Gray were right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, both of these, I like both these guys this year. And somehow I ended up with gray over Bundy in that one league. <laughs>
1: somehow, somehow you ended that, up,
0: <laughs> that sucks. But you know, other, you know, Otherwise, I do have Bunny in a couple of leagues, and he's had two double digits K games already against good offenses. Seattle's offense is no slouch. Kyle Getzen found that out the other day. And the Athletics, obviously, are an excellent offense. And by the way, Aaron Nola, yeah, Aaron Nola's looking good. I, Aaron Nola was another bounce-back guy I like this year, and he's showing you that last year was the anomaly because this year he's lowering the walks, and he's looking much better. Two walks. Two! 29
1: strikeouts, two walks. He's also throwing a lot more, uh, a lot more ups than he ever used to. So he's getting, uh, he's getting a lot of us uh, swing out of the zone, which has been great. Awesome.
0: Give me two, Utah. Give me two. That's awesome. Uh, w- do you have someone you love? Hit us up, Blazable we'll Podcast, two Ls2Zs two at ProtonMail.com. We got a couple of tweets we'll share towards the end of the show with some questions. One of them about Mackenzie Gore. Hmm. Ooh. When will he arrive? Uh let's do this. Let's speed through this real quickly. Time to cut bait. What's the trade value here? Let's go. Matt
1: Olson. Oh, dude, hold on to him. Hold on to him. He's just fine. He's walking a ton right now, which is encouraging. Uh hasn't been able to hit the ball. You know, he's been able to hit the ball hard, but every time he hits it, he's hitting it right at people. He'll be just fine. Hold on to him.
0: Yeah, love Olson.
1: Mitch Garver, now well, one home run I think so far. Yeah, cut bait with Mitch, Mitch Garver. Forty uh, percent K rate right now. Thirty-one point six hard hit rate, which is way down, and he's swinging at stuff out of the zone and not making contact. Cut bait with him for sure.
0: I gotta go back and listen to the old podcast because when we talked about catchers, I can't remember if I said I was in or out on Garver. I, I was flip flopping and I was confused. I gotta, I gotta pull the audio file so I can be fully responsible for whatever I said because. Garver was someone I thought, oh, maybe this guy's for real. And I actually drafted him in my one dynasty league, but I immediately traded him for Christian Vasquez about a week into the season. So that shows you everything you need to know. Uh, you, were, talk- you were out the whole time.
1: And then about a week before the season start, you were in. Cause I, I remember I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad I cut bait when I did. How about Gleber Torres uh, struggling a little bit, not putting up the numbers some of his teammates are. He's been 151. He's got two RBIs. I was looking into deeper into his
1: stats today. Almost all of his, like, if you look deeper into the numbers, all of his Sabre stats have stayed the same. His hard hit rate, his walks, his Ks. He's just getting a little un- unlucky, so I think hold on to him for a little bit right now and, you know, maybe go out and get him if you can, if you can get him on the cheap, because I think he's going to turn it around.
0: Yeah, he's streaky too, so when that streak goes good, you want to be, if you already suffered through this, you might as well stick around for the good part of the season. Uh, Marcus Simeon leads off for the A's. Uh, He stole a base last night. He's hanging around, but he's not hitting that great. I say hang on to Simeon. Just got to be a little bit more patient, but he might not hit for the average this year that we saw last season.
1: Yeah, his K percentage is up to 28%. Last year, it was at 13%, he had a great year, but also he did not start out super hot last year and had an excellent second half. So I think he just needs to become a little more patient. His fly ball rate is up a little bit, which is a little concerning. It's making me think that he's trying to hit too many home runs when he just needs to try to be a, a line drive hitter. So I would probably hold on to him right now.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, K rate is reminiscent of when he was the old Marcus Simeon. So that's bad news. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, buy or sell?
1: If you're in a dynasty lead, trade for him. If not, try to trade him away. Uh, his hard hit rate is down, 25%, uh, down to 25%, which is really really scary right now he's seeing a ton of fastballs and he's not able to catch up with them. I'm afraid this shoulder surgery that he had in January might still be lingering so maybe in a dynasty you go trade for him and maybe he comes back to full health next year but I'm not sure it's going to be able to come back right now
0: Uh, Buzzkill Ozzie Albies has been out with an injury hang on to him you just got to tough it out it's too bad but if it's a dynasty you definitely don't give up on him yeah he'll be okay and Matt Boyd today. Matt Boyd struggled again. Didn't look great. He got hit. Uh, my Our own uh, Paul Mamino over at RotoFanatic Fanatic does great stuff with data, creates his own models on pitch location. Check it out, rotofanatic.com. It's good stuff. Uh, he looked at Matt Boyd today, and, and he had 12 hard-hit balls, and Paul was wondering if that was a record for one game. <laughs> 12 hard-hit balls against the White Sox today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't start him in his second start of the season, and I certainly didn't start him today. And before the game today, I was trying to do everything I could to try to trade him because I was afraid uh, that he was going to have a blow up. And then he would absolutely have zero value. Obviously, we're from Detroit, so I thought somebody might buy in on, on loving a Detroit pitcher. But sure, uh, I'm still going to try to throw some trades out tonight. But if not, uh, it
0: looks like I could be dropping him. Uh you yeah the value is almost as low as it could be right now so you might just be stuck with them and have to wait for a resurgence get a starter or two bounce back and then things will turn around but when you throw in last season and what he's doing this season I think the high K rate last year was just like the best part of it we'll ever get of him and now the trade bait like in real baseball is looking even worse they should have traded him last year now you need to trade him last year yeah uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner, dude, he's done. Yeah, who cares? If you have Bumgarner, you needed to get rid of him a while ago. You definitely shouldn't have drafted him. He's cashed in. That's why the Giants knew it. And the five-year $85 million deal they signed him to does not look good right now. That's bad news. Yeah, this is what yeah. I have.
1: in my notes. bad signing for the D-backs. Five-year deal. The best is behind him. He pitched a ton throughout his 20s. You know, yeah, he did. You think about all those playoff rides they had. He was going consistently 200 innings for about six, seven straight years. And then the last few years up until last year, he he was having some injuries and wasn't getting, uh, you know, full, fully revved up with that arm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's over for
0: mad bum. Yeah, they say it's back spasms, but we'll see. And then Robbie Ray, everybody talked about Robbie Ray's mechanics, new season. He's got the hair. It's all poofed out. And he's got these new slight adjustments he's made. It's simpler. It's easier. Less busy. He's going to change for the better. And what have we seen? We've actually seen a worse result. The Robbie Ray we have this year is awful. We'd much rather have the Robbie Ray of last year. I mean, he is striking guys out still, but the walks are out of control, and he's getting hit hard. He, he can't get out of the fourth inning half the most of the time so far. It's just a disaster.
1: He walks over 7%. <laughs>
0: Trash. It's it's so
1: bad. Uh, left guy percentage is at sixty one percent. That's awful. And he's given up seven home runs. So if you have a Robbie Ray, drop him.
0: I say I'm actually going to go the opposite. I'm going to say hang on to because it can't get any worse. And it's possible it does get better. Now that's a risk. I understand that. But if you already had Robbie Ray, unless you're desperate and you're like really fighting for a playoff spot and you really need a roster space, you want to stream and you can do that, then go ahead. But I would, yeah. I have Robbie Ray in one league right now, and I actually decided not to trade him because I just, I just think it can't get any worse, and it'll get better eventually. And I don't you have know, a lot to base that on. You don't have to
1: start him, and let's say you know if you're in a league with that's like you have K per nine as a stat, um, you know that's something that could help you, and. You know, he could easily come out in a game and strike out 12
0: guys and maybe walk just five or six instead. <laughs> well, unfortunately, wins are still a category in a lot of leagues, and he did get the win in this pre—not his last start, but the one before that. He actually got a win, even though he was not good. But it was like a 9-6 to lead at the time for the Diamondbacks, and it was— <sighs> Robbie Ray, why did I ever trade for him? That was stupid. All right, let's talk about some real big fish. Bam, 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 nah, nah. sell out with me tonight. Remember that? Remember the 90s, everybody? Or maybe you're listening to this and you weren't even born yet. It's very possible. There was a you ska know. revival in the 90s. There was a great ska revival. I think it was the better version of the, you know, the whatever the original ska version was. The ska revival was much better. But Of course, that's when I was a teenager. We used to go to ska shows. And even big, even it got so bizarre with ska that, like, these swing bands started getting big. It, it was like an offshoot of ska, like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and yeah. all that stuff. And, Absolutely. Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yeah. In the afterlife, yeah, years, right? yeah I remember you, you get, If
1: you told somebody that right now, so there's this big, huge ska, you know, resurgence going on. You know, it started, I want to say, you know, late 70s, early 80s. There's this huge resurgent in the late 90s, and then all of a sudden swing was cool for like a year. <laughs> it
0: happened, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah, the Mighty Boston's were in Clueless. They, I think, one of those and one of those <laughs> other bands was in the Swingers, like Squirrel Nut Zippers or Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was it like was, the it was Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Big bad voodoo day. There you go. So, these are real big fish. Are these breakouts real? These are big time fish in a bigger pond. So they might not be as big as they think. But are they now? The first guy you have listed here is, you know, I love this guy, Dylan Moore. Dylan, Dylan Moore. As Matt Williams told me the other day, he's crushing the fastballs. And as long as people keep serving him up fastballs, he's going to hit 112-miles-per-hour home runs from <laughs> opposite field to dead center field. He's got real power. But if the pitchers start figuring out that they need to throw him more breaking stuff where he's not making nearly as good a contact, then it'll probably be over for Dylan. But he also gives you positional flexibility, the second base, third base, outfield, shortstop. So this is a guy who's also stole three bases. Everything about him right now looks promising, and you should ride this wave as long as it lasts. Yeah, ride the train for now. Uh, I've thrown some just
1: insane offers out to people. Uh, I have Dylan Moore in all three of my leagues. Uh, I'm trying to get rid of him just because this is the highest value he's ever going to be at. But yeah. if I don't get rid of him, I think I'm going to I'm going to be okay because I have three really solid teams. He You talked about the position eligibility. In fact, he can steal bases, and... Sure, he's probably going to come back to Earth, but he still maybe may be able maybe able to give you some value going forward. So uh, and he hits all the tools
0: right now. Yeah, exactly. That's that's another thing that's huge. He's got a great lineup spot. Everything about him is beneficial. So, you know, a sixty game season, maybe this will last the whole year or a greater percentage of it. Who knows? And his teammate Kyle Seeger, has shown a resurgence. He had a grand slam the other night, and I mean, it's not a breakout because he's been around forever. But it, Kyle Seegers is a guy that is always dismissed because he doesn't walk a lot. So in OBP leagues, he gets kind of pushed to the side, but he can hit for an okay average and give you some power. So if you're looking for that to fill the void at third base, then hey, why not? I I don't have Kyle Seeger anywhere, but I I don't understand why people would dismiss him if you needed it. Yeah, I think he's kind of been overlooked um, these last few years just because the Mariners have
1: been terrible. But this guy's been in the league for a long time. I mean, he had a really good start to his career. This first six years of his career, he was putting up 20 to 25 home runs, batting, you know, about 280s, batting 300 right now. There's a reason he's been in the league this long. His hard hit rate right now is over 50 percent. Um, and his swinging strike rate is really, really low, 5.6, which is usually low for him anyways. So certainly go with it. The guy's a pro player, and uh, I think he can give you some value on on a team that's scoring runs that we didn't expect to see.
0: Wow. Okay, I'll tell you this. This next guy, Renato Nunez. He's a guy that gives you tons of power and really nothing else, but he does hit the ball really hard. He can also strike out a bit And the Orioles, really both of these guys, Renato Nunez and Hanser Alberto. Now Hanser Alberto is a much different player than Nunez. Oh shit. But I actually like Alberto more because he can, because he makes better contact and it depends on the type of league you're playing in, but it's the guy who can hit for average and he's going to be given playing time every day in an Orioles lineup that has nothing to lose. I like Alberto. I actually think he's getting better, too. He's not like some old man. He's still in his mid-20s or so. So I like uh, Alberto more than Nunez. What do you think? I think Alberto is
1: 27. Uh, Renato Nunez is 26. Uh, You know, I didn't even realize Renato Nunez had uh, 31 home runs last year and 90 RBIs. He had a really good last year. So the power is certainly there. He hits hits line drives like crazy. His line drive rate is up. Um, He hits everything hard. Hunter Alberto is really interesting. You know how many times he's walked this year? Uh, three, one, one. Okay, yeah, that sounds hey, about right. La- Here, here's a question for you. Last year, 550 plate appearances for Hanser Alberto. How many times did he walk?
0: 550 plate appearances for Alberto. I say he walked 16 times. Exactly right. <laughs> what? Yeah, 16 times. Holy shit!
1: I truly oh did not know that. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Great guess. Oh, yeah. Great. So I mean, if you're an OBP league, Hanser is gonna scare you. Uh but he gets on base in terms of when he hits the ball, he's getting on base. So he's a ground ball guy. He seems to shoot it through all different gaps within the infield. He hits uh, laid off. I, absolutely. On a, on a Orioles team that also is putting up runs. That, that's been fun to, to see. So I would probably buy in a little more on Nunez just because I'm a, I'm someone who kind of goes towards that power. But if uh, you like Hanser, go, go for it.
0: Yeah. And Hanser can steal you some bags too. So he's going to get the bats and he's going to give you the opportunity. And the Orioles have nothing to lose. So. If you're looking to fill some spots, I like Alberto. Not as like a key cog on your team, but certainly a fill-in. Austin Slater of the San Francisco Giants. He just keeps stealing bases. He's stolen a base in like the last three straight games or so. And the Giants offense is sneaky fun. It's a bunch of guys that you would be like, oh, man, this is Garbo. But the truth is, you know, Mike Kraschemski and Austin Slater and Donovan Solano, ridiculous, putting up (laughs) offensive numbers for you. And Austin Slater. Is this real to you or not?
1: Yeah, I said at the start of the season that the Giants were the one team I absolutely didn't want to watch any games. Uh, Yeah. Austin Slater has five stolen bases. This guy has never shown speed before. He never stole bases throughout the minor leagues. So Mm -hmm. I don't understand where this is coming from. All of a sudden, he finds a way to steal bases. I think he's how old is Austin Slater? 27, maybe? 57 years old he's 57 yeah so it's five amazing at 57 now the one thing that is encouraging he always hit for average throughout the myers he'd, he'd always hit 290 to about 320 so he, the guy's always been able to hit for average and if he's in a lineup where these other guys seem to be able to you know do a lot and give you some fantasy value like a donovan solano or a mike jostrensky that we both
0: said we kind of like uh maybe austin slater might give you some value but i don't know five steals He's been 13 for 38 so far. I mean, that gives you a 444 VP. It looks like fun numbers because he's also hit the three home runs with the five stolen bases. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Charlie Blackman's up. Oh, boy. I mean, Austin Slater's 27. He's not some like rookie who's come out of nowhere. He's been around a bit. He's not starting tonight, by the way. He's not in the lineup. So it depends. Oh, a dope scope. Drew Henson would have got the W. We got random comments from Dope Scope, whoever that is. Dope Scope. Yeah, Dope Scope's checking in. And then Blood Sledge, Electric Death Chickens. Boy, <laughs> this is definitely someone from Heartland, Michigan, a long time ago. Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, I'm totally sidetracked by Dope Scope. Whoever you are, Dope Scope, thanks for Dope tuning scope. in. Uh, uh, Zach Pleasek. Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger, really. They both let down their team, and now they're on the restricted list. It's sad. I would try to move both these guys because I just actually I would like to keep police act for the season because he's really impressed me. Mm-hmm. I think Clevenger's overrated now. And that's Ooh. coming from someone who was really buying in a Clevenger this year. I just look at him. He's always going to be busy and messy with that delivery. And he just he just does dumb shit. And I thought I really I love his slider. I love his stuff. And I love his uh, personality. But after this last experience where he looks like a hypocrite and a scumbag I think I'm off Clevenger now.
1: He's in the doghouse with Michael. Sunshine is yeah. in the doghouse. Man, that sucks because you were so high on him for like four months. I have a lot of them. It's true. So is, is that how it works? Someone uh, does some scumbaggy stuff and then you're done with them in
0: fantasy? No, this one's pretty extreme. This one's like this one. He has to. It's a combination of both. I mean, I can mm-hmm. forgive a guy. I've made mistakes in my own life. And mm-hmm. certainly I could stand in judgment of no man without standing in judgment of myself. But he's also the early returns from the first couple starts, I watched them and I was just uncomfortable. I wasn't like feeling the confidence. It just felt like he was on the brink of giving up more and more runs and doing something stupid. And you put all this together. And I just feel like Clevenger is more hype than reality. He'll never win a Cy Young. He'll never put it all together. In my opinion, I would way wrong. Shane Bieber is the superior pitcher on that staff. And I got that wrong. All right. You're going with your gut. I love it. Yeah. that. I mean, you look at the numbers too. He's walking more guys already, and the strikeouts are not phenomenal. They're okay. It's just a mess with him. But Zach Plesac is a—he's a real value, and you probably got him possibly off your waiver wire or picked him up in a fab bid. So you don't want to let that go because you're turning a great value out of nothing. Yeah. So you get up for nothing, you hold on to him until it all falls apart, and then uh, then you try to make a move. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that he has COVID either. It Was just they were worried about it. So. It won't, doesn't mean he'll be out forever. He's in detention. And then Michael Franco's on this list. Why, why are we talking about Michael Franco? Because Mikel Franco
1: goes on these two-week runs where he hits home runs and gets a ton of RBIs. <laughs> and every time oh, okay. he does this, I have him. So I picked him up last <laughs> week because uh, my normal third baseman was out for the day. So I picked up Mikel Franco, and I've rode him the last week. He's got like four home runs over the last week, like 10 RBIs. Uh, he does this every single year where he goes on these two, three week runs where he'll put up basically a quarter of his home runs for the season. And then he'll fall apart for a month. So I'm riding that train. It's only going to last maybe three, four more days, but uh, I, I wanted to give a mention to it. Uh, and Hunter Dozier is back, but Hunter Dozier's playing the outfield now for them. And Casey's offense has been looking pretty decent. So having a pretty good season with Merrill Field's having a great season. So Mikel Franco, where he's batting the lineup, he's got a lot of RBI opportunities. So uh if you have Mikael Franco, the value is as high as it's ever going to be. Try to trade him.
0: Wow. Mikael Franco. It's such an afterthought to me because he never walks. It bothers me. But he does go on power binges. I'll give you that. And that lineup is underrated. With Hunter Dozier back, that KC lineup is pretty solid, actually. This is the Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter and Instagram. Plazo Podcast at protonmail.com. That's where you can find us. Ask us questions. We have one more little scenario we're going to lay out here, and then we're going to do two quick Twitter questions. So, Deary, you have control of the floor. Yeah, so I got some trade scenarios. These are all kind of scenarios
1: that have either been offered up to me as suggestions for trades within my leagues, or I have offered to other people. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on these, and I can give you more background to the, as well if you'd like. Okay. First one, Aroldis Chapman, who obviously is still on the I.L. coming back from COVID, and he should be back within the next week. Uh, They're saying he's gearing up to see some hitters within the next couple days. roll this Chapman for Marcel Osuna. Hmm.
0: So I would give up Chapman to get Osuna. Correct. I would definitely do that. Okay. I don't need any other context. Zach Britton has really been excellent for them. And I don't know why you would, even though Chapman's a stud, Britain has really solidified himself. They actually had a package for Britain in the preseason that was specifically designed. It's a special shift where they use him in the game and they use the way he throws and the way they expect the hitters to hit it to get this really funky, like seven guys, seven like seven of the nine guys in the field on one side of the field. So mm-hmm. I think that they like Britain a lot. And they'll use Chapman, but I certainly expect Britain to get saves, especially the Yankees being a good team. There's plenty of saves plus holds. If you're in a saves plus holds league, Britain will still have value. And I would rather have Marcelo Zuno, who's actually hitting the ball well, and he's a solid part of that Braves lineup. This is a K per nine and holds saves league. Does that change Ooh. anything? Mm,
1: no. Okay. All right. I did no. not make this move. This was offered up to me. Someone offered me Osuna for Chapman, and I, I turned it down. Okay, all right. I go either way on that. I mean, I I, I don't I don't. I, uh, I I think they kind of combo back and forth when uh, Chapman does come back, but I think Britain pretty much has locked down on that because Britain is basically pitching how he was two years ago when he was with the Orioles and absolutely lights out. Okay, yeah. well, moving on. Second one, um, same league. Kevin Biggio. Is, it, is Cavin? it Kevin? Is it just Kevin?
0: Kevin. Cap- 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 I think it's Cap. it's just. It's just Kevin. It's not Kevin or whatever. I'm calling him Kevin Biggio. Okay. Kevin Biggio for <laughs> Nick Anderson.
1: Anderson, Nick This is a Dynasty League. K's, caper nine, and holds are in effect.
0: I'm trading Biggio for Anderson? Correct. No way. Right. I love Biggio. Especially, it's a Dynasty League. I want Biggio. We're just getting into the goods here. It's only going to get better from here. Gives you steals, walks a lot. If he swings a bat more, which he's looking like he's doing a little bit more this season i just feel like i can get holds even though it's a K and K nine and holds league i can get all those guys elsewhere and nick anderson is not nick anderson is definitely one of their high leverage relievers and he's going to get those opportunities but i just think biggio is a more unique guy at second base yeah i think biggio at a dynasty i
1: mean he i'm trying to get biggio right now um because biggio mm. is uh I don't think he's ever going to be able to hit for average too well, but the fact that he can hit home runs, steal bases, and walk a ton, it's gonna. To, I won't even care about his average if he can get on base. Oh, it's a killer combo. Yep. All right, next one up. Nick Senzel and Jose
0: Altuve for Matt Olson and Jeff McNeil. Woo! I'm trading Senzel and Altuve for Olson and McNeil. Yeah, I would do that. I, I love Senzel a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also love Olsen and McNeil even just as much, maybe slightly more. So I'd rather have the two of them than just Senzel and Altuve. Because Altuve, even though he's got off to a slow start, he'll probably pick it up and he'll do better. But I don't know. I'm just not feeling it.
1: Yeah, Olsen hit a home run today. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Jeff McNeil, the power hasn't been there yet, but he is batting wow. 300, and I'm completely down on Altuve. I think Senzel was kind of the intriguing part of this trade, but I want nothing mm-hmm. to do with Altuve.
0: Yeah, Senzel stole the base the other night, so he's if he's healthy, Senzel keeps getting hurt a lot too, though, and that's kind of annoying, and Olson and McNeil seem to be more durable. Yeah, and Senzel's leading off tonight too. so That's good. They've been putting him in lead off more. I'd like to see that, but I'd rather have the two than the other two. All right, how about this
1: one? J.D. Davis and Brad Hand for Anthony Rizzo. So Anthony Rizzo's kind of gotten off to a slow start. He had a good first week, and he's fallen apart since then. Uh, I think Brad Hand has been garbage, and J.D. Davis has been pretty encouraging. So Davis and Hand for Anthony Rizzo.
0: I think I'd rather have Davis and Hand. Okay. Davis is really undervalued. He he sure is. He had a homer and four ribbies a couple of nights ago. He, he makes really good hard solid contact, and he's quite consistent. And in day to day leagues where you need consistency, Davis seems to be someone you can count on. I know Rizzo's in a great lineup, and Rizzo is definitely a a solid player. If it's an OBP league, it's definitely even more valuable for Rizzo. But Davis is like a he's a little bit of a lesser version of Rizzo, obviously. But it's not that far off. If you start looking at the season stats as the season winds down. And then you throw in Brad Hand who's actually getting the saves and he's getting the job done this year in Cleveland. So I think I would stick with that. Yeah, I mean, I think Hand for this year is
1: probably still the guy there in Cleveland. Maybe they move on from him next year and look, yeah. look in a different direction. But uh, yeah, JV, J.D. Davis has been super encouraging. And obviously, you know what you're getting from Rizzo. Uh, you know, those stats will come back. I know he's kind of had a rough beat week, but the guy's consistent and he should be fine moving forward. So, good, mm-hmm. yeah, Good information. All right, last one here. Brady Singer...
0: For Kenta Maeda, this is a dynasty league. Dynasty. So I'm trading Brenty, Brady Singer, who's a very young pup, just came up this year for the older Kenta Maeda. I think Maeda's like 31. Correct. Um, but Maeda on the twins. I mean, it depends what your situation is right now. If you're going for it and you need a stud, Maeda is on a great team. And they're going to let him loose. He's going to be able to give you like six innings a game now when he wasn't always allowed to do that with the Dodgers. And he's a sneaky, sneaky a young candidate. I know there's other players that are outperforming him right now. But a Brady Singer also looks really good. I guess it would just really have to depend on where you're at. Are you close to winning? Are you on the brink? If you're rebuilding, you certainly don't want to trade Brady Singer for Kenta Maeda, but. If you're in the middle of the pack, I probably wouldn't do it either. I just think this is a move you make if you're trying to win this year. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. The guy that uh, wants to make this trade uh, has Kenta Maeda, and he would like Brady Singer, um, but Brady Singer is someone that I am keeping for the future.
0: Definitely. He's got... Brady Singer, I learned about this recently. He's got a really intense competitive fire, and that's something you can't always quantify, but if you learn about it and you get to know about the player a little bit, that's something if you throw the talent in with the competitive drive, It gets a real bonus. And I think Brady Singer is someone to definitely hang on to. Brady
1: Singer was almost the first overall pick by the Tigers. Uh, Tigers took Casey Mize, but uh, Brady Singer was in contention for that. He was college pitcher of the year that year. So Brady Singer is a guy that uh, was certainly highly touted. He just made it to the league a little quicker than uh, Casey.
0: Yeah. Hey, I love Brady Singer. I'm I'm all in on it now. I, I was a little late to the party, but I'm in all the way.
1: Yeah, I've watched a couple of his starts and he looked good. He's got good control, uh, really good command with that fastball. And uh, I think the only way way he can go is up.
0: Whee! Okay, that's it. Those are the trade. By the way, someone just made a trade in my uh, home league. Let me throw this one at you real quick. Uh, Would you trade George Springer for Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley? Hmm. It is a keeper league. Springer's hurt. You know Springer's actually older than a lot of people think too. Isn't
1: he like 30? 31. 31, 32 years old. Um obviously Ozzy will get it together. Uh the guy's got to start hitting the other way like he did last year and that's why he was so Well successful.
0: they're Yeah, they're both hurt. So it's like you're trading hurt players, right? You yeah, got Riley. I haven't looked at Riley
1: lately. What's that? every time I every time I do watch a Braves game, he seems to hit a home run for some reason. But it's probably the only hit he
0: has. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's really all he does. He's not yeah. going to be hitting singles, maybe not even doubles. I mean, <sighs> Riley is hitting one seventy four, and he's either striking out or he's hitting a home run most of the time. That's seriously what's going on. This, this is a keeper league.
1: This is a keeper league. Yes, I'd I'd I'd, I'd probably trade uh, Springer for Albie straight
0: up. There you go. And then Riley's just a little cherry on top. Obviously, this is a situation where the guy thinks Springer's going to help him win now. But Springer's missed his last five games mm-hmm. with the, the wrist issue, I believe. So I don't understand that one. That's interesting. Hey, you got some trades you want to throw our way? Want us to review? We love talking trades on this show. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's at ProtonMail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Send us a DM. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Let's do it quickly some tweets that were sent our way for this show. Awesome. How about this one? How do you guys, <laughs> how do you guys get your names on the bottom of the screen and rolling message at the very bottom? Well, that's an easy answer. Uh, Rip Griffin sent that one in. We use Streamyard, and all you got to do is type in what you want it to say, and then you turn it on, and that's it. We are not computer geniuses; we're just using Streamyard.com. I like this
1: Streamyard uh, app here. I like it.
0: Yeah, it works quite well. It's very uh it's not too expensive. It's a monthly rate and you can pay a yearly rate and it's cheaper if you want. So check out StreamYard if you look into if you don't know everything about how to set up a you know open broadcast sourcing and stuff like that. That's gonna be more complex and take more time. Check out StreamYard. And then Doggy Miller, our old buddy, I believe this Tyler. is this is Ty, yeah. This is from the Upper Decker podcast. He says, Is it worth hanging on to Mackenzie Gore or Casey Mize at this point? I'm tired of waiting.
1: Oh, this is like, this is a redraft. You're just waiting for this season.
0: I mean, do you have, NA, do you have, NA? have to mean that
1: if you have N a spots, you're just holding on to them. If they're just keeping up spots for
0: you, then ugh, I don't know. Well, it seems like Mize is closer than Gore. There's it's it yeah. was tantalized last Sunday or the two, the Sunday before that that Mize was coming up, and then it didn't yeah, happen. That rain out. Um, I, I think Mize is up here in the next week because the starting
1: rotation is looking like absolute garbage, and they're going to run into a point where they're going to have to start playing some double headers too. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure Mize comes up here shortly. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, I haven't heard anything about him coming up here in the next few weeks. I mean, people are saying possibly, but, I mean, Ty, you're looking at the playoffs probably starting in your league in the next four or five weeks, so uh, I don't know.
0: You cut bait. What do you think? Well, I think Gore has got to be getting the call soon just for a, a run here because the Padres are certainly in it. Yeah, absolutely. They've been going head to head with the Dodgers and winning games. Uh, I know the Rockies are in first place technically, but the Padres are like a game and a half out. So in, as far as their starting rotation, Chris Paddock is amazing. Denelson Lamette. who has been awesome. It's Been great. Garrett Richards has been good and Zach Davies has been solid, so those four guys are good. Uh, currently, though, on according to rosteredresource.com, starter for August 15th, this Saturday, is TBD. So, I don't know if they're gonna fill the void with someone else on the staff currently. Like, you know, Luis Patino was called up, so Gordon get the call. Patino yeah. was another potential stud for them, and he's been in the bullpen right now. Yeah, he can't, he's did he start that one game, and then he came out of the
1: bullpen the other day? So, Oh, did he start? Yeah, I only see him coming to relief so far. he
0: have been relieved, so it sounds like they may not push him up there. I think I think they got a – there was I, hints that if they were going to be in the mix, that Gore was going to get some runs. So I would hang on to Gore. I think he's – if it's a redraft league, I think he still provides some value at some point in the season, even if it's a few starts. If they're really – he's really good. And if he gets the opportunity, he could make a difference.
1: Well, and you think about it, you're going to have, if you make the playoffs, you're going to have him for your playoff run, which could be a big, big advantage.
0: Yes. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I'd Hold on to him, Ty. Hang on to him, Tyler. Rest easy, son. It'll be all right. Okay. Well, I think that does it for our show. This has been the Palazzo podcast. Uh, Deary, what's going on? What's the latest? What's next? Uh,
1: we got we're celebrating a birthday next Saturday. It's really happening. Oh yeah.
0: That's right. We're turning 40, the big 4-0. Oh, 40, 40 next Saturday. We're going to be dead soon.
1: <laughs> no, it's basically a countdown to when I like physically have to go to back to work Monday through Friday, which will basically be the second week of September
0: when kids go back to school and I'm just not looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that's bogus, man. I don't, well, we don't have to comment on that, but I will tell you this. I love doing the show. I love talking baseball. We've done 31 episodes, and uh, if you've been listening to most of them, we really appreciate the time. You know, you can find me on Twitter. Make sure you can check out rotofanatic.com. We're doing all kinds of stuff. I do the quality start videos Monday through Friday, uh, doing other stuff over there. We got some great articles from some great people over there, Paul Momino, Crosby Spencer, Matt Williams, yada, yada, yada. So check all that stuff out if you're looking to gain an edge on your competition in this goofy-ass fantasy season, which – looks like we're gonna com- we're gonna complete this it's really gonna happen dude. yeah we're
1: doing better in college football sounds like the sharp idiots won't be coming back this fall
0: you know i was watching the sports shows last night like cbs hq and sports center and they were covering this in-depth like college football canceled like it's fucking news <laughs> we-, we all knew this was coming like they're covering it so in-depth like check out this angle and hear what yeah. this guy had to say a pin. <laughs> yeah I mean, it was. Always- I told you three months ago it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, they've been telegraphing it from the presidents for like the last four days, anyway. So it's obvious now. What happens next? You know, we'll see. Maybe there'll be some rogue conference or some weird ass season. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think, think it's football, but
1: I think it's the chance for the NCAA to just completely blow up, and these schools say, "Fuck it, we don't care about the NCAA. We're gonna go do our own thing." One of my main college professors in sports business started talking about that. He goes, eventually you will see a day that these colleges are just going to say, fuck the NCAA, we're going to go do shit on our own.
0: That's true. Well, maybe this is
1: that time. Interesting. But we're here to talk baseball, so fuck that.
0: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Uh, we're going to try to do the baseball quickies. We're going to get our schedule together. We won't make any promises on the show today because we don't want to look like liars. But we like doing them. We just got to get our lives together. So it's not like we're lazy. We're really busy people. Just give us a chance. All right. Listen, right. for listening, everybody.